Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Hey friends, if you are looking for ad-free Sense of Soul episodes, you can find them at Sense of Soul Patreon. Become a monthly member at any level. You will also have access to our monthly SOS Sacred Circles, our mini-series, merch, and much more. And it's a great way to help support our podcast so that we can continue to bring you inspiring episodes twice a week with our enlightened guests from all around the world. Check out our Patreon. Today we have with us Heidi Hazen. She is a certified master hypnotist, a human design reader, as a Reiki level one and two practitioner. And she's joining us to tell us how she has helped thousands of women overcome their limiting beliefs, holding them back and discover their life's purpose. So welcome, Heidi. Hello. There you are. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Where are you in the world? I am in Colorado. Okay, great. Beautiful. I'm in Bend, Oregon, right in the center of Oregon. Oh, well, never been there. Do you have children? I do. I have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. Oh, okay. So you have a 10-year-old too. Yeah, I do. A 10-year-old daughter. And they split their time. We co-parent. And so they're with me for a month in Bend. And then they go to Los Angeles for two weeks. And then they go to Honolulu for two weeks. And then they come back to Bend because their dad owns a bookstore in Los Angeles. And he just yesterday opened another bookstore in Honolulu. So they split their time every month between Honolulu and Los Angeles. They're living their best life. It's like, that's a lot of travel, but if they could live in three places, Los Angeles, Bend, and Hawaii, not a bad place to spend your childhood. (laughs) Wow. So do you have a bookstore anymore or no? No, I was the co-owner for 10 years and I stepped away from that three years ago. Completely, completely shifted careers. Yeah. Okay. So huge transition in your life. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Is that kind of what broke you open? Honestly, what broke things open was my health. I mean, I got to the point where I was so sick and so depleted that I was like, literally, I cannot go another step in this direction because I'm dying. Like I was just a dead woman walking and I had tiny kids at the time. And it was like, this is where the buck stops. You know it. I mean, I think it's a story for so many of us. Yes, it is. It goes to show you, I don't know how you felt today, but I don't have any, I'm not dying, you know, anymore. I don't have the pain that I did before. I don't wake up and feel like a bus hit me or cringe to be hugged because it actually hurts. Yeah. But it's just an awakening because we go through life and we are just sponges in the beginning and we get programmed. We just get patterned in. Everything gets patterned in religion or you know, all of it becomes patterned and we don't know anything different. And that's the soul's journey. You know, it seems like this is like a very familiar conversation, but when we talk about it, it's like, we make people feel like they're not crazy. Totally. I mean, I have people almost on a daily <laughs> messaging me. I'm so glad I have you to talk to so I don't feel crazy. I said, girl, I've been hearing that so much lately that <laughs> I don't know if it's a good thing that I'm the one. <laughs> Maybe that's telling me something. I don't know. You know. It's like people are so alone in this when they're going through it. Do you not feel that way? I mean, it's just so sad. It is. And 
Oh my gosh. It, because of the work that I do. I mean, this is people come in and it's like, I need you to see the inside. You know what I mean? They're coming to me because they're in this place of like, I've tried everything and I've done everything and what's different, what can change. And then it's like, well, let me just show you gently show you where it is. And then, and then it shifts their perception of everything and everyone, because once you start to recognize where it is within you, you can see it in everyone else. And then there's this grace and this compassion that comes. That's just the next level. You know what I mean? It's like floating in a pool and it's full of poop and you've got all kinds of stuff that you're trying to navigate through and you don't know where the, the life ring is. And there's somebody on the outside and I'm that person that's on the outside that says, okay, yeah, but just identify what this is. And here's the thing to hold on to. And people need to know that they're not alone. And we're so, especially now in this age of social media and putting up the pretty face and putting up the front, it's like, is everybody, I mean, we have people taking their lives right now who on the outside have millions of followers and beautiful families and young children, and they are choosing to leave. And it's like, was there a crack? Was anyone able to, you know, did that person allow anyone and anyone to see what they were carrying within? And I think that that's where, when you and I start to share and open up and say, this is where it was. And this is where I am now. And there is hope, or there is, you know, there are ways to move yourself forward or heal or shift perception or whatever. But if we just pretend we've always had it all together, people that meet me now have no idea, you know, people that run into me on the street and recognize me because of my glasses will say like, oh, I wait, that happened. Or that's who you used to be. Or, you know, I had no idea. And it's when we don't share then we don't come into the oneness and it is all oneness. Yeah, I agree. And I truly feel that it is a very lonely place when you're going through it. Cause you're like doubting your belief systems. Oh you're gosh. doubting the people around you. You're doubting, who am I? What am I, what am I here for? Where's my purpose? What is the purpose of life? And if you don't find that path, maybe just to take that first step, then maybe that is the brick wall that people feel like there's no hand or off branch, you know, towards yes. them. And maybe that's where they feel that they're so alone that they should just check out. Yeah. Which uh, yeah. I'm just like, you know, there are so many podcasts. Uh, I mean, I, I can tell you, you know, three or four podcasts that got me through those times because I didn't have anyone to actually talk to. So yes. I know that, you know, podcasts are very helpful. There's so many beautiful books there's this poem it's on, I put it on my website and it's about just this. And I'm going to read it for our listeners because it's so beautiful. It's so profound. It's called a boy's life. Have oh, you heard of it? By yes. Robert R. McCammon it says, I wanted to set my memories down on paper where I can hold them. You know, I do believe in magic. I was born and raised in a magic time in a magic town among magicians. Oh, most everybody else didn't realize that we lived in that web of magic, connected by silver filaments of chance and circumstance. But I knew it all along. When I was 12 years old, the world was my magic lantern. By its green spirit glow, I saw the past, the present, and into the future. You probably did too. You just don't recall it. See, this is my opinion. We all start out knowing magic. We are born with whirlwinds, forest fires, and comets inside of us. We are born able to sing to birds and read the clouds and see our destiny in grains of sand. But then we get the magic educated right out of our souls. We get it churched out, spanked out, washed out, and combed out 
we get put on the straight and narrow and told to be responsible, told to act our age, told to grow up for God's sake. And you know why we were told that? Because the people doing the telling were afraid of our wildness in youth. And because the magic we knew made them ashamed and sad of what they'd allow to wither within themselves. We forget the magic. I mean, that's part of the human experience is to forget what we came in knowing. It is. That's how our soul has its evolution. What's the point of becoming a human being? The soul drops in to have an evolutionary experience. And so we have to forget. Our soul has to forget the curriculum that it came into experience. And so we just have the human experience. And so part of, I think, when we, when you and I, and so many millions of people have the moment of like, wow, I have forgotten so much. I don't remember. I don't remember. And that's what the work is, is like releasing you know, like alchemizing the wounds and the human experience into the wisdom that your soul came for. And then there is this process of identifying more as a soul who had those human experiences rather than the human who is the culmination of those human experiences. It's a shift. It's moving from 3D consciousness into open-hearted, taking responsibility, 4D consciousness, moving into 5D consciousness, but we can't do it if we are tethered into the human experiences. When we identify, I mean, I'm very, I put out there to sort of the people that I work with and the people that follow me, be really careful with your labels. What do you call yourself? Do you brand yourself immediately when you meet someone with your diagnosis, with your hardship? I only know this because That's what I did for 40 years. I was a victim of my circumstances. I was a victim of my past and my childhood and the abandonment and the, you know, all the different things. And then suddenly it was like, wow, the, wow, it's like that. It's like a vice, you know, when you get to that point where you're like, I can't be hugged because it hurts. And I was just a mess on the kitchen floor. And I was like, I don't know which way is up. And it was like, that was the point of the, the end of me, of my soul being like, you need to start remembering. You Mm -hmm. have to remember, otherwise you're leaving. Like you have to, you have to like do something different. And that was that process. But it, I love the poem because it is all magic. And then what happens when you have this human experience and then you go, oh, wait, hang on. There's something else here. Hang on. I can shift all of this and I can come into a new state of being of identifying more as, as my soul. Who's having this, who's here. It's that elevated perception, that higher consciousness view of life. And then it's magic again. And then you have this space where it's like, it's okay to see the magic. It's okay to see the wonderment, you know, in all of life. The poem is spot on. It's spot on. You know, I think it's amazing too. It's like, (laughs) As a child, you're wanting to grow up so fast. Oh my gosh. You know, you're wanting to be running around with kids and working. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, I just wish I could shake that out of children. Like, just be. Play. Yes. Right. Just be. Yes. As much yes. as you can. You know, you'll have plenty of time <laughs> for that. <laughs> but then, you know, you become an adult, right? Everything starts to weigh on you, the conditions and the expectations, and you're trying to do the most. And then it's trying to get back to the childlike self. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Isn't it funny? It's just this, it's a cycle. But what happens is in that process, when we stay in sort of the 3D, when we stay in sort of the human condition, the human experience, that circular motion is literally a rut. 
like we continue, you know, it's the same cycle. We do it over and over again. Yeah. It's just this rut and we get deeper and deeper into it when it is meant to be a spiral. You know what I mean? It's meant to be moving in up and down, not just in the same plane. That's sort of like what my work looks like. We go down in a spiral so that you can go higher in your spiral. But like a hot air balloon, let's use a really simple example. If you're in a hot air balloon and the hot air balloon is you and your life and, and you are wanting to go to this other place, well, you've got to pull that, whatever that cord that puts the fire, the energy into the balloon to go up. And that might look like, you know, raising your consciousness, like reading books, working with healers, talking to therapists, getting certifications, like all these things that you're putting into your conscious mind, but you're not moving very far. And that's because you have to look at the sand bags that exist within the basket and the ropes that tether you literally with heavy, heavy spikes into the earth. And that's the subconscious. That's where, gosh, we can do so much in our conscious, which is our limited, you know, it's less than 10% of our mind's capacity. We can do so much consciously reading the books and following the gurus and, you know, doing all of these things. But if we are not looking at what we're tethered into, what belief systems we're holding onto, what misperceptions we're holding onto, what things no longer serve us, but we're part of our soul's evolutionary journey. Once we turn around and that's sort of like what I do, like, let's turn around and let's go in and let's untether. Like, let's pull up the spikes because it's your choice to remain. You can do all this work, all this work, pulling that thing to fill the balloon, but you're getting only as high as you are tethered to the belief or the trauma or the whatever from your past, and you can't move forward. But what happens when you go in and untether from these things and release these things from your basket? Well, then everything that you have done, everything that you have studied, everything that you have been certified in, or all the healers you've worked with, well, suddenly all of that still exists. You've untethered from the things that no longer serve you, and then you get to move forward. And that's what the soul is aching for. The soul is showing you like, hey, we want to go over there, there, that's where we want to go. But it's up to us as the human vessel to clear out where we are tethered into the human story in order to continue on the next leg of our soul's journey. Right. And I see that as maybe understand that we want to have this ascension, this taking off the hot air balloon. However, there's an incension process that has to happen before you take off. And that's exactly what this work is. It's an inner, it's an inner work and only you can do it. No one can do it for you. So I'm not, uh, you know, I, I have tools that I use, but I'm a self-healing facilitator. No one can do the inner work for you. You have to do the inner work. Even if you're going to see some, you know, amazing therapist or healer or whatever, it's still your inner work to be done and nobody can tinker in there. You can be willing to allow someone to show you and mirror to you with a therapist or, you know, hypnotist. I mean, I'm holding space for you to get information from your higher self. I'm not, you know what I mean? Like I'm guiding you into the place and asking questions in the right space for you to receive your own answer. You have to take responsibility for what you do with the information that you've received, whether it's from an outside source or from your own you know, soul's guidance, that inner guidance. But that's the thing. It's like, you have to do the inner work in order for it to reflect and for you to move on the outside for that ascension to happen. You have to do the inner work. You know, it's interesting. I actually used to say that, that I felt like I was spiraling out of control, which I was, you know, I was trying to live in this box and, you know, escaping that. But that's interesting because I thought about the spiral. However, going back to like that childlike self, 
you know, I found just over the years and doing study and stuff that, you know, in those first years, I mean, you're in that theta brainwave, everything that's happening to you, you're watching everything happening. It's like you're watching a movie and you're picking up all of these things and, you know, and then, and you're so present, you don't give a shit about what other people are driving or wearing or where they went to college or what are they doing for a living or what the house looks like, you know, I mean, you're just playing and accepting and taking it all in like a sponge. You're just receiving. Mm-hmm. And so here we go back to, you know, being this adult where we're so busy mind and crazy. And it's so hard to get back to that beta brainwave, you know, that place where you're receiving, which what I did is my practice evolved to bringing my clients first to that state. Then I felt that they would be receiving rather than rejecting. Mm-hmm. And then the sessions end up being more positive, productive, and actually having better results. Do you use hypnotherapy and the Reiki together? I don't practice Reiki on my clients. I use Reiki in all of the audios that I create. So you're exactly right with the theta. So what I do as a hypnotherapist is I bring them into this theta brainwave state, which allows them to bypass um, moving from the conscious state into the subconscious. There's a bodyguard. There's a part of us. There's an element of our brain mechanics that protects the subconscious programming. So it's protecting the inner child who has all of this stuff kind of created, all of these barricades created and set up out of protection and, you know, self-preservation. Well, this bodyguard wants to protect that. It's like they're together. The inner child and the bodyguard are like, we're in this together. We're going to make it through this together. Consciously, we're unaware of the bodyguard and and the inner child until it shows up. But as sabotage, But consciously we're trying to do these things, but the bodyguard is saying like, no, no, we don't receive that. It's exactly what you're saying. When we drop them into the theta and we have, and we go past the bodyguard, they are in a receptive mode. When we access the subconscious, everything is possible because we've gone beyond the bodyguard who now allows us to go into the space where we can actually do the work. So when you do your healing work and you've dropped them into that theta brainwave space, the bodyguard has been given 20 bucks and like, Hey, go take 15 minutes, break, You know, or whatever. And you can actually get work done. That's why I use hypnotherapy in, you know, all of the audios that I create and in the work that I do in the workshops, the one-to-one and the group work, everything I do, the very first thing I do is get you into that space. And then I have you align your energy. So I have you drop into coherence. I mean, I call it alignment, but it's heart brain coherence. If it's Joe Dispenza talking about heart brain coherence and heart math and, you know, all these different things. And it's like, yes, that's exactly what it is. I call it alignment. I want you to align your energy because you're an energetic being. But if I tell you that in your conscious and you have a bunch of subconscious programming that says, oh, that's woo woo. Why are you talking about energy or whatever? Then we, in the same, in, in your work, you're like, oh, we can go much further if you are not combative, you know, even if they're not trying to literally be combative, I mean, they've come to you for some kind of healing or facilitation of healing, but yeah, once we go beyond that, then we have like, oh my gosh, it's like, there's the, I mean, it is, it's a relaxed state. I mean, it's a relaxed state where we can move things with much greater ease and they are more willing and receptive to see things they might not normally see, be guided to see things that are better for them or, you know, receive healing in that space. So I think that's profound that you do that. It's perfect. All the things in in my practice today have all evolved. It sounds like Mm -hmm. yours as well, getting new tools, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever I thought worked for me. I love that about this work 
I always, always tell my students and, and, and everybody like this is like an art in some way and make mm-hmm. it your own. We're all so unique. And so mm-hmm. we all have something beautiful to give. I've had a few past life regressions. So I don't know if you go there. I was really a skeptic at first because I wanted to challenge it in some way to see mm-hmm. if it was really going to be true. And boy, I mean, profound experiences I've had. Yeah, totally. So I had dabbled in sort of subconscious reprogramming in like manifestation workshops where they were like, Hey, this is, you need to unblock here and whatever. And I was like, Oh, I really kind of get this. I really get this. And it was just sort of by magic that I was guided to work with a woman who was training heart based people who wanted to learn hypnotherapy. So totally not, you know, stage hypnosis. We're not doing Hollywood hypnosis. It really was about healing. And so I discovered that. And when I was in the middle of training in this very intense, very intense uh, way of training, but we were in the middle of training and we learned about age regression. And I thought, how are you not leading with this? How is this not the very first thing? Like I got into this, not knowing that this was going to be the gift in the middle of training that I was about to receive, that I had been looking for this exact tool to heal the inner child for 20 years, like in, in all of my years of going you know, to therapy and journaling and doing all of these things, this was what I was looking for. And I couldn't believe how profound and how simple the procedure is, I mean, it's not even procedure. I don't want to call it procedure. Although procedure, it's funny that that word just came out of my mouth because when I work one-to-one, I, I call it surgical. I'm like, this is surgical when we go in and I'm working one-to-one. And when I work in groups, it's very like outpatient. I'm like, I'm going to give you the tools. I'm going to show you how to bandage this, or I'm going to show you how to clean this out. And you're going to do it yourself. When I do age regression, it's so profound. I don't use memory at all. I use where it has stored emotionally in your energetic body. So there isn't like, well, we've got to go back here and I've got to look at this. And I'm like, the subconscious is a wonkadoo. It is a circus. So just because you're coming to me and you have an issue in your finances doesn't mean that the core of that is, has anything to do with money. It's, it's a worthiness piece and it's going to manifest in your childhood in a completely different way. Sometimes it does have to do with money or whatever. But when I do one-to-one hypnotherapy, I would say maybe 40% of the time they will regress to a past life. Like, and then suddenly they'll be like, I'm a 40 year old man standing in a desert. It's red sand. Oh, okay. Well, a second ago, you were a four-year-old girl in Los Angeles, and now you're a 40 year old man in the desert. So occasionally it will happen. And there is a way of training to do just past life regression. And I feel very, very called to help us with this incarnation. So when it does come up, we receive information from that lifetime about, you know, this is why you're afraid of house fires. Well, because you burned alive in a house fire, (laughs) or this is what you've learned from this. You were a nun multiple times, and this is what you learned from living that convent, you know, lifestyle. But really what my heart is like, it's this incarnation that I want to help you with, because this is the one that's closest. This is the one that you're in right now. Mandy and I had taken some past life meditation course and mm-hmm. my oldest daughter, she was my guinea pig. And my purpose was to go in past life, but we didn't make it past the birth. And so that was, you know, I was like, darn it, we didn't really get, to get into past life, but that was very, very healing for her. What she had discovered through birth, it was like crazy because she had always had this like reoccurring dream that she was naked. She was alone. She was afraid. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, here she's in oftentimes, sometimes she feels alone in a house full. She has 
four siblings, you know, and, and you know, we always have, she's never alone. <laughs> <laughs> Very rarely is anyone alone in this house. So when she was born, they had taken her away from me for like some hours right away. She had choke on amniotic fluid. Oh my gosh. One of the things that she said she remembered about her reoccurring dream is she would always wake up with this funny taste in her mouth that she could taste. Well, during the regression, that's exactly what happened to her. But it was huge for her because then she realized this is all it was. And I am safe now. Yes. Once that was there, I have never heard her complain about that again. So yeah, we didn't get a good past life, but we did some healing where otherwise I had no idea. So, I mean, can be, you know, even in the womb, can't it? Yes. Yep. I have a lot of clients who preconception will go back to their soul before the, their conception. And they're like, I don't like the way that I was conceived. Mm-hmm. I was not conceived in love. I don't want to come in. I don't want to. And a lot of it feels like, oh, you've, you're repeating, like you're repeating things that you didn't learn in the last lifetime. Wow. And so there's all this resistance of like, oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And even in, you know, their conscious lives, they just feel very resistant. You know, they're just like, oh, I can't believe I'm here. And I don't like this and that and whatever. But the experience that your daughter had at birth, it's this moment that I like to refer to as the moment of it's simultaneously forgetting Mm -hmm. and beginning the human experience. Because in that moment, she experienced fear abandonment, choking, fear for her life. Like, you know, I'm, I'm in a body because we have experiences. Sometimes it's in the womb. Sometimes it's prior to conception. Sometimes it's when you're four years old and you're standing on a a front door. We live in harmony and oneness with our soul until the moment we realize I'm having a human experience. And obviously we don't have the consciousness as a, as a baby to be like, Oh, I'm that's the moment of forgetting. That's the moment that we go like, oh, and then we have moment after moment after moment after moment of humanness, of our human experience. And then we lose a little bit of the connection and the oneness and we create this barrier. It's just the human experience of experiences and events that then come in and separate us from that oneness with our soul. And so the soul then is speaking through whenever it can get a message through this like barricade that we've built, then we receive that as like those intuitive hits or Mm -hmm. that inner knowing or that gut feeling. And those are the little like, Hey, I'm still here. It's like a light beam, you know, that gets passed through and it's like, Oh my gosh. And then when we turn around, that's, what's so beautiful about hypnotherapy and these regression exercises is that we go in and we alchemize. We, we go back and we go exactly what happened with your daughter. Mm -hmm. She went in and it was like, Oh, that's what was happening. She was able to see it from outside of the experience and recognize I didn't die. And it's okay for me to be alone. And I'm, that was just, but that's the moment that suddenly she went from feeling like, okay, let's do this. Let's do this earth thing. I'm so excited to be a human. I'm dropping it. I'm the soul and I'm here. And then boom, boom from birth. And that happens a lot. A lot of, a lot of clients that I've had have had experiences at birth where they were born with, you know, a mark on their body that was unacceptable to, or they were born with the wrong parts. Oh, I wanted a daughter and I have a son. And suddenly the room, the energy in the room, when this soul drops in the energy in the room is disappointment. Oh, you're the wrong. Oh, we wanted a girl and you're a boy. And so, you know, for 50 years, 40, 50 years, this person has been living with that's, that was their introduction was not, oh my gosh, we're so excited. Or it's, oh my gosh, you have a mark on your body or you have a mark on your face. And 
oh, what is going to happen to you? You have this, you know, birthmark and, oh, what is going to happen? You're never going to be accepted and what's going to happen. And suddenly all of mom or dad's anxiety is transferred energetically. It's like, here's this little baby who's now realizing like something's wrong with them. Wow. That's amazing. And they carry and that I through. Think that we, well, yeah, carry it through our life. I think that we also are trying to figure out what's wrong with me. What's wrong yeah. with me? What's wrong? You know, you're thinking you could figure it out in your brain, but it is that space mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I provided for her that day, yeah. really not knowing what I was doing, which was amazing, amazing. but yeah, you do that gives them that space to connect with that because otherwise you're just racking your brain saying something is wrong with me. I should, you know, what am I fearing? There's, there's gotta be something. And you just, it's like the ego trying to figure out the ego. (laughs) That's what I always think of it as. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And you spend tons of money and you go to therapy for years and you do all the stuff and it's just kind of like circling around the actual thing. So when we do a lot of this conscious work, we're just sort of managing the symptoms. You know what I mean? It's like a tree that's growing and you're like, well, I got to cut these new growth. This little growth came over here and I don't like that. So I got to trim it off instead of going into the subconscious and finding the root. Wow. Yeah. I love your analogies and all of your visuals. I'm a very visual person. Me too. So I I love it. So you also do human design. I even told my Reiki students, I'm like, human design would be such a good tool for Reiki. Like I Mm -hmm. see them like working with them together would be so helpful. Amazing. Um, Can you tell me about human design and how you got into that? So several years ago, I just, it came into my radar. I was completely unaware of it, but I was in survival mode for so long. And I was deep in religion and kind of just, you know, man, maintaining the walls, maintaining the walls of the box that I was in and trying to do it to the best of my ability. And so once I, I really went inward for a year prior to having a conversation about ending my marriage, I knew I needed to, cause I was on the brink of not living anymore. Um, <clears throat> And so I just went inward. I mean, I just went inward and I needed to, um, this was real, that was really the process probably for me was the pivot, that year of pivot of like, I have to figure out who I am beneath all of these things that I've put on myself. Um, and in that process, the walls of religion fell down for me. And I realized religion is part of a, is part of spirituality. It's just compartmentalized. It's put into this box and it's kind of like a goldfish in a bowl in an ocean. It's like, it's just a piece of this bigger thing. And it's, um, and so when I allowed that to happen, I created space, um, where I could accommodate new ideas that previously I would have been like, you know, fingers up, you know, no way I can't let that in here because it doesn't align with, yeah, right. It's too woo woo and voodoo and, you know, all these things. Um, and so I created a a space and a capacity and a curiosity. I allowed my like curiosity to return of like, well, what is this? And what is this? And, um, and so it came in and it was, oh man, it just knocked me out because I was so interested in personal development and figuring out who I was that I was doing, you know, the Enneagram and, you know, uh, Myers-Briggs. And I was trying to figure out who I am I and all of these things. But here's the thing about those things is that we answer questions from our conscious mind and your conscious mind is answering questions from all of your subconscious programming. So of course your number or your, you know, four initials of your Myers-Briggs, you know, profile or whatever, it's going to resonate with you. You're going to be like, yeah, I'm totally an 
blah, 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 or I'm totally a 613 or whatever, because you have just answered questions from your conscious mind. And, and it's going to, and your subconscious will be like, yes, that's the one, that's the one. And then you're going to get this answer and you're going to be like, oh man, that, that test totally nailed me. It's so good. Cut two. I had done this year of healing and then, and then some, and I, my Enneagram completely changed mm. and it's not supposed to change. Well, guess what? You yeah. heal your subconscious. That thing is going to change because you were patterned to be that whatever you were patterned yep. into that. Um, uh, that's your uh, program. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, that's your attachment style. Mm -hmm. That's your personality. That's whether you're, you know, whatever. So when I discovered human design, I didn't have to answer any questions other than birth date, time, and place. And it was given to me. It was information that was like, this is pre-existing information based on, you know, the I Ching and the Kabbalistic tree of life and astrology and quantum physics and all these things. And it was like, oh my gosh, are you serious? Because this this resonates so deeply and on a completely different level because there are some parts of it that I was like, 100%, I totally, yeah. that is it. Yes. And there were other parts where I was like, oh, really? That could be too. But I was yeah. so conditioned out of yeah. some of the things, but I'm a projector in human design. I'm a you six. Are. Oh my God, this is insane. Every single person I know <laughs> who does this is a projector. You are now the sixth person. Yeah. I don't know anyone else. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just met someone actually who trained here in where I live and she's a manifesting generator that's and she's I'm studying saying. this. And I was like, that's amazing. You're going to like so many people I, projectors. We just see into things and oh, we man. just get things. If like, if I you get it, it, you get it. And so my gifts as a six, three quad left splenic projector like my gifts are, I understand human design. I understand its gifts and I can just kind of give it to you kind of in, in a, an understandable way where you can take it and you can run with it. But I understand the subconscious and the human experience. That's what my soul came in here to do. And that's why I have like a laser beam attached to my face. And that's, those are the <laughs> systems that I see into. I see into people, I see yeah. into their human experience and their subconscious and the human experience, like as a whole, it's like, this is what we're here to do. So I love human design because it really is something that is external. You can't mess it up. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're answering these yeah. questions and it's like, here, pick one of these five. And you're like, it's kind of all of them. And you're like, right. what if I pick the wrong one? And this is just like, here's this information about your energy. I just think it's lovely. I think it's, it's probably my favorite single like little tool that you can yeah. experience in life. You know, it's like, you can have an astrological reading, but like, that's so vast. And it's kind yeah. of also just this one piece. And then you could go in a week and have another reading and it would be a little bit different based on what's happening. It's like, well, let's just have this big one. That's kind of all encompassing with the human design and play in that. And that has been mm -hmm. so fun because I was, I was living life as a manifesting generator, which is why I think I'd been on the adrenal fatigue spectrum, probably since I was like four, because I was raised by manifesting generator. It was, mm -hmm. you know, basically the two of us. And mm -hmm. I just burned it at both ends. Like just, I just was burning down life. I'm a mansion too. So that's why I'm like, maybe I can't learn human design now because everyone I know who, who does it is a projector. And so insane. no, you should. Oh my gosh. You're so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I loved the analogy. Again, you're, you're so great with your, your stories with the fishbowl and in the ocean. Tell all of our listeners where they would maybe be able to get a session with you. Do you, you obviously are working zoom too. 
I do. Yeah. That's that yeah. was one of the profound things that came through the pandemic was realizing, oh my gosh, we can do just as deep work, if not deeper, because people I've can be in the comfort of their own home. Over and over. I've heard this. Yes. Amazing. Yeah. yeah, totally. So I actually don't do single sessions because I know how much is within everyone that I just know where the blind spots are. And so it would be a disservice for me to do single sessions. So I don't do single sessions, but what I do have are, um, I have a beautiful one-to-one, very, very high level, high touch bespoke, like we're going in and I'm looking with a flashlight, like it's the laser beam, you know, on the shark work that I do. And then I've taken that and I've created a group program that is the same work that I do, but it's done in a much gentler way. It's sort of like me with a lantern and everybody's absorbing my very, very potent, sharp energy. And so it's diffused and everybody gets the same tools. So, um, that's sort of for like anyone who wants to like go in and do deep work, but then have the tools to continue doing it, continue doing it, continue doing it. I also do workshops coming up in January. I'll be starting one on emotional energy and understanding what that is, how it affects you, why it's there, how it's been programmed in, how you can in the moment, in the present moment, begin to take agency over that emotional energy so that you are um, at a frequency of your choosing instead of being sort of like a leaf in the wind and kind of like, oh, this happened. Now I'm over here and now I'm triggered by this and now I'm over here and whatever, so that you can in the present moment start to take control over the present and the future because we manifest from our energy. Of course, I read human design. Um, but everything can be found at my name, HeidiHazen.com, at HeidiHazen on Instagram, and lots of podcasts. I love having these conversations with like-minded, soul-led, you know, women and entrepreneurs and and people that are trying to put beautiful things out into the world to help us kind of shift shift where we are and where we're headed. Yeah, love it. And now it's time for break that shit down. You have everything you need within you. And there are ways of accessing what you have within you. I hate it when people say the answer is within you, just look within and they don't tell you how to access that inner wisdom and how to access the soul wisdom. And it is possible. It is possible to access it. Just working within your subconscious will radically move you forward. It will give you access to your highest soul self and its wisdom. And it'll allow you to understand what's happening with your energy and you're an energetic being and you are a light. Your worthiness is innate. It's just disconnected. And so working within this space allows you to reconnect with your worthiness and then live as a soul having a human experience. Wow, you just wrap that up with a pretty little bow at the top of that one. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Heidi. I Thank really you. this was so you. fun. Stay warm. Yeah, you too. Bye now. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you will come back next week. If you like what you hear, don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe. Thank you. We rise to lift you up. Thanks for listening.